this one. And that is two. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Okay, welcome everybody to the B-Team Podcast. I am joined by Mr. Brendan Krause. Hello. And we are also joined by Milos. Hello, hello, hello. And we are here to talk about the A24 Robert Eggers, The Northman. A Viking epic. And uh, we hilariously thought Milos watched the wrong movie, but apparently he did not. <laughs> no, yeah, that was a funny thing. Uh, I was already at the movie theater. And this one, this one uh, is kind of more localized, so they don't play any like trailers before the movie. Mm-hmm. You get like 15 minutes of trailers and commercials. This one kind of jumps right to it. So I didn't even check. I just threw one in there. I was like, eh. Hopefully it looked like uh, Northman, the asylum slash porn parody. It was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only later I got home and I checked the messages. I was like, uh, oh, I put in the wrong movie. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I don't think any of us have actually talked about this. What did we all think? Milos, you I like this. Yeah. What did um, you say, bro? I said you can go first. I liked it. I, I honestly, I, I saw like one picture of it. It was with Alexander, like old, bloodied and muscly and whatever it was. Mm. This is the only uh, thing that I actually saw of this movie. I didn't know who else was in it, who else was doing what, what it was about. But I was pleasantly surprised about how good it was. Mm-hmm. Gave me the uh, Macbeth vibes with Denzel last year. Yeah. Like as far as how he played. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brendan, what do you got? Uh, I loved it. Uh, barring one complaint I have, I thought it was pretty amazing. Um, on Letterbox, I mean, I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Um, I mean, it's basically uh, it's it's Hamlet with Vikings, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And I mean, I, actually, uh, we can get into it a little bit. Like, uh, this is uh, based on the story that inspired Hamlet, because like yep. this is a, uh, like, the story of Hamlet is like a actual, like, a folktale um yeah i thought it was great robert eagers is someone who i really like um i really like his movies uh, i like listening to his interviews he's he's confident but he's like also very introspective like i in a lot of interviews he was talking about his uh, older movies and <laughs> he was talking about the witch and i found this interesting he actually thinks it's his weakest movie and he's like He's like, I'm proud of the movie, but I see like a lot of flaws in it. Where if I made it now, I think I'd make it a lot better. And I just, I've seen all of his movies now in the theater. I appreciate like, it's cool to see someone actually like grow as a filmmaker in front of your eyes. It's crazy. He's only 38 years old, which is like wild to think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I really, I loved it. Uh, I think I might like it more than The Lighthouse, which was my favorite. Um, but I think all three of his movies are really good. Okay, uh, so it's Eagers, it's not Eggers? 
Uh, I think it's Eggers. Oh, okay, Eggers. Okay, I wasn't sure. Okay. Um, see, I, I love The Witch. Um, I was not that big a fan of The Lighthouse. Uh, I really like this one. It's definitely slow, and I thought it was slower than The Witch, at, at least for like the first 40 minutes. Uh, when it ramps up, it gets going. I just I don't think his direction fit this type of movie because all I kept coming back to was Braveheart and 300. And man, would I have loved to have seen like the Zack Snyder take on this one. Hmm. And as, as much as they are calling it like, you know, realistic and violent. Um, there's a lot that's obscured by just the lighting, the way it's done with the shadows and things in the fire. Um, there's definitely fantastical elements, so I don't know how realistic they want to claim it is. And as far as I mean, I guess violence, it's as realistic I, I as any Norse uh, mythology is. Well, there, there was. There was Valkyries, there was Odin and the Ravens. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but, some of it you can interpret as like, was did that actually like was it in his head, I guess, maybe, but... I mean, the some Ravens kind of let him go, it, but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that, but, yeah. um, you know, and then, as as far as the violence, like, I felt like they toned down the violence big time, um, and this definitely felt like a movie that was, uh, you know, safe for 2022 in terms of the violence, whereas you watch something I, like Braveheart, which we covered recently, or you watch something like 300, which somehow we haven't covered yet, and, I mean, it's just, like, nonstop, over-the-top violence. Well, I think they kind of uh, kind of found a middle ground. Yeah. As far as, like, I think, when I say middle ground, I think, realistically, looking at it, I think this was, like, you keep it just above the minimum, mm-hmm. where it's, like, realistic enough. But, yeah, I can see where probably there would be more blood or just the way... When he goes around killing people, a lot of times they don't even show it. Yeah, it's uh, where they could have showed it on screens. I think they found like this where we're gonna keep it realistic, but it's not like can't really complain. Isn't any blood in it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I I just viewed it as more of like a basically style tree, like with Snyder and like Three Hundred. Someone gets their head chopped off. I mean, there's you know gallons of blood shooting out of the person. Right. This you know, someone's head gets chopped off. They do go for like the more realistic of like there actually there actually wouldn't be a lot of like blood shooting out of them if that right. actually happened. Um so yeah plot wise um I mean it's, it's Hamlet. not much. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. definitely like Hamlet light. Um you have, you know, King Ewan McGregor is basically set up by his brother. Ethan Hawk brother's right hand man. And uh, what was his name? Like Andrevel? I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Avrondil? Yeah, the, the name's like. Avrondil, this, yeah. this is one, and I usually say this with Eggers movies. Yeah, it was good in the theater. It's going to. It's already bombed horribly. Um, it'll be on video real soon. Wait for subtitles because you will not know anyone's <laughs> names. The, the main dude's name is Amleth. And uh, if you even pick out his wife's name once, like. Props to you because I think they might have said it once. Wait, uh, Kidman's character name or uh, Taylor Joy's no, no, character? No. Anya uh, Taylor Joy is all good. Oh, she's all good. Which that's like, yeah. 
Yeah. But um, uh so yeah, his his brother is um I wanna say Fjolnir. Fjolnir. Yeah, Fjolnir. Yeah. And um I don't know who the actor was, but he was great. Oh, he was so good. He 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 looked kind of like a cross between like old school Daniel Day Lewis and old school Alan Rickman. Oh yeah, I, I thought Daniel Day Lewis, but yeah, Alan Rickman too. But yeah, he was probably the best part of the movie. Um, I liked that they didn't make him just like completely one dimensional. You know, he's kind of got the scar thing going on where he overthrows his brother. And then uh, he's been displaced by King Harold in the seven twenty years, whatever the time jump is. Mm-hmm. Um, the little kid who played like young Amleth, he was fine. It wasn't anything special. The movie really ramps up once he's an adult. Um, but then there isn't much plot. He basically jumps on board a slave ship because he finds out it's going to where his brother, where his uncle who killed his father and his mother are. And um, he's still trying to rescue his mother. He doesn't realize that she's basically the root of all evil. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, he basically just like stows away on the slave ship to become a slave for a little while. Uh, then they play like Norse baseball lacrosse. And yeah. he ends up saving his new younger half brother. And um, kind of like gets, you know, ingratiated. And there, there was definitely a gladiator feel at that part. Um, well, there's also the hunt for. Well, he actually goes and to find the mystical sword. Well, yeah. Part right about out there. Because, um, you know, Willem Dafoe has to be in these movies. And uh, he's like the weird naked shaman showing them visions of the future and the past. And he, he finds another person who puts him in touch with Willem Dafoe's spirit. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's definitely like supernatural stuff in this movie. Like, oh yeah, he's got the whole vision of the king tree, and yeah, he sees that you know, like you said, the, the pregnant birth, uh, has, is going to have the twins. How he's freed, like you said. I mean, that has to be supernatural. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved uh, how this movie portrayed a uh, Valkyrie taking people to Valhalla. Probably the best, at least I've ever seen portrayal of that. Looks so cool. I mean, you know. Tessa Thompson is is quite a hurdle to clear, but no, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I thought in general this movie is probably the best ever like portrayal of Viking just culture I've ever seen in a movie. Like it was so on the money for pretty much everything. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I just I don't know, and this is an Eggers thing. Like, you know, if you're gonna do something with that much supernatural element to it. Like lean hard and go full uh, God of War four. They just make it like you know, what if Thor was uh, realistic and in the Kratos world, or just don't have anything at all. And he kind of like always tries to straddle that line, but I don't really see the need for it, especially in this movie. Like Amleth fucking up trolls would have been great. Yeah. Um. I. I don't think. I get why he told the middle line. Like, there's a lot of towing the middle line in this one, but you know, in general, it's off. You know, pretty straightforward. Like you did mention, it did start slow at the moment, but once you get into it, once Hamlet actually grows up, it's pretty. Yeah, really picks off. Yeah, from there. 
I hear what you're saying, Josh, on like the uh, supernatural stuff. For me, I really liked it because I feel we don't get many movies like this where it's like you said, the supernatural stuff, it's kind of just there, but I actually really like that, how it's like these people are living in this world where, oh yeah, Odin's real. Nope, no biggie. Uh, yeah, Valkyrie takes you to Valhalla if you die in combat. Yeah, that's a thing. Like, it's it's almost like uh, normalizing it, which I feel like so many movies don't do that. They, they either go hardcore, like it's not real, or hardcore, like it's real and like it's got to be the entire focus of the movie. I completely agree. The problem is, from a marketing standpoint, you know, who's going to go see this movie? Well, we saw this movie, and, uh, you know, the writer, obviously one of them is Eggers. The other one is a uh, Icelandic guy who also co-wrote Lamb, which if anyone else saw Lamb, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> you know, A24 is known for these, like, no-budget art house, which is fine, but they gave the guy between 70 and 90 million. So, you know, another movie that was absolutely terrible, absolutely supernatural, uh, which, you know, John still hasn't let me review because he actually wants to watch it for some reason. And then we're going to cover it as Morbius. I'm going to tell you guys the best part. Don't <laughs> see the movie. Anybody listening, don't see the movie. That will be our review. Um, well, I actually still plan to see it once it comes out. Anyone who has ever heard of Dragon Ball Z, when Morbius finally gets the drop on his brother friend villain at the end, he does a fucking bat kamehameha. Okay, the movie is terrible, but that's all anyone's talking about because it's just that ridiculous over the top spot. So if you want, so he does Dragon Ball Z better than Dragon Ball Z. I mean, this is like the worst instance of Dragon oh, the Ball. Dragon Z Ball Evolution. Seen. Sorry, that was a mess. <laughs> but um. You know, well, anything's better than Dragon Ball Evolution. That, don't even get me started on that one. But um, I think Kalat, the last Airbender, is the only one that's actually worse. I've actually, I've never seen that one. Don't pot for it. I, I don't. don't. I, I eh. I'm it. telling you right now. Don't. <laughs> only, only worth it if you've seen the show to compare it to like how. I've seen the show enough oh, to okay. compare it. Well, I actually I saw the movie before. The I, I saw the movie before seeing the show. And I still thought the movie sucked before seeing the show. Then I saw the show and then I knew how much. It actually sucked. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, but Josh, you're, you're going to spend you 90 million. Like you want people to go to the movies to watch it. And if, you know, like people went to see Troy. Yeah, they went because of Brad Pitt. But like if you had trailers with fucking like trolls and, you know, sea serpents shooting fire and Viking swords and all the other shit that's already in this movie, people would have been talking about it. People would have gone to see it. Instead, people were like, oh, it's a historical Viking epic from the A24 people. Yeah, I mean, I just think, I mean, I think you're partially right, but also I think, like, mid-budget movies these days, it's like, I mean, has it ever been harder to make one and have it make money? Uh, I mean, it works for things like Deadpool, and again, you know, it's sad. Oh, but that, that's a comic book movie. That well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's but here's that, also like, the thing. I think you have to movies. consider this uh, post-pandemic time. I think studios are looking at the mid-budget movies differently. Well, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, nobody's going to the movies right now unless, you know, Tobey Maguire's coming out of retirement. But, um, you know, if you look at another A24 from last year, you look at The Green Knight, you know, like, I know Brendan saw it, I know me and Sarah saw it, and we didn't really love it. it, but 
that's another one that like really it, it was marketed weirdly as like horror it wasn't horror at all it was fantasy um and then it tried to play anything supernatural like you know keep it hidden as much as possible even though it was about basically an immortal tree night yeah uh, and there's like one scene with giants and those were the complaints everybody had. It's like, yeah, the movie was good. It was atmospheric, but I wanted more of the fantasy. You know, like I heard no, yeah. people talking about this saying, oh, it's like the next iteration of Excalibur. Yeah. No, it's not. Nah, not really. No, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. I, I knew it going. I, I figured uh, in like my predictions for us that I figured Milos, you would like it. And Josh, your reaction would be just like Dune where like, it's a good movie, but I wanted more schlock in a camp. I mean, so I, I enjoyed it way more than Dune because Dune did not have a ridiculous naked volcano fight. True. That was so awesome. Yeah, that, when they go, like, I'm going to meet the gates of hell, I'm like, yeah, they're going to fight at the volcano. But I didn't expect the <laughs> going to be naked while we're doing it. I mean, I, I can't wait they just made for it better. the inevitable videos of that scene put to Duel of the Fates. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that that scene uh, so much while watching it. <laughs> I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. If you go inside the volcano as a little kid, or even as an adult, you're not wearing the magic fire tunic as an adult. There's like a countdown based on how close you are to the lava, and it'll just fucking kill you. And like they're like body slamming each other onto like molten rock, and I'm like, something's got to give here. Yeah, but then the fight's over a minute later, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I, I guess nobody was coming out of that one." So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I, when he I, says I goodbye to Olga, you kind of know he's gonna die. Yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, uh, I had I a like feeling it was coming. I just, you know, the the yeah. way that it happens, I was like, "All right, that that just kind of happened." Like, you know, in other movies, there would be like the big dramatic, like I'm gonna get my last like whack in and. I'm going to have, like, not even a one-liner, but just, like, a, you know, may you live forever type thing. And uh, in this one, everything is just, like, things just happen. Like, even even yep. the sex scene. I know people online were like, you know, oh, my God, the sex scene was so great. And it's, like, shot from a distance, and it's basically <laughs> just, like, two people fucking. Yeah. That's, Yeah. <laughs> You don't even get to see anything, so I don't know how you. You don't, and I, I, you I don't learned the unfortunate really. lesson that um, Anya Taylor Joy definitely had a butt double in The Witch because that that butt double uh, reigned superior. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. True. Well, I mean, probably couldn't show her, but I'm just because wasn't she only like 17 when they shot that movie? I mean, that's entirely <laughs> possible. I don't know that. Yeah. But, yeah. I know. Yeah. She she's so good. She's one of my favorites. But you see, oh, like I don't know if you saw the last season of Peaky Blinders, but you see there, you see, yeah, she, she's uh, kind of no, I, we saw the the chest thing she did. Yeah, that was also good. And um, what's the other thing? Uh, last night in Soho, which great trailer, not a great movie. Yeah, I ended up I not agree, seeing that I agree one. With that was quite let down by that. I ended up skipping shit. it. Um, yeah. I think my favorite performance in the movie was either the guy who played Fjolner, but man, Alexander Skarsgård is so good. I thought, like some of the, oh, some like some of the dramatic moments, he is just nails them. And he, man, talk about just having the look. 
yeah, I guess no, he, I, he was good. I, was, I think um, they mostly pick for the looks, but he is good in this. Like, I figured I mean, when I saw, it's like okay, it was Norse mythology. Okay, I get it. You're gonna pick Alexander. Like he fits into it visually, but I was surprised or even blown away by how good he was in this movie. Like, uh, I mean, shit, I'd probably give him an Oscar nomination. Won't get it because they would never go to this kind of movie. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, he was and so it's definitely good. too early, like, for anything. Oscar. Yeah. They just finished. So, like, there's no one um, gets any, like, My Oscar only buzz. complaint about the movie really was I felt while the relationship between uh, Amleth and Olga, like, started out good, I feel like the they kind of rushed into the romance aspect of it. I kind of wish uh, he had built that up more. But other than that, I thought story-wise, no other problems. Thought well, I think this was like great. his his way of doing things where there's an action, like it just happens. There's no build-up, yeah. there's no suspense. It's just the thing is the thing. You know, we get a yeah. little bit of that in the witch. We get, um, well, I mean, nothing happens in the lighthouse, but, um, but yeah, I think that's just his way of doing things. Um, I thought Nicole Kidman was great. You know, she definitely oh, she, went like she's so evil. I love it. Um, uh, Ethan Hawke was good as the dad. I mean, he's he's only in the movie for you know the opening scene or two, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I like how uh, Eggers is able to like uh, with three movies now. Definitely have confirmation. He's like not just a one-trick pony. Like all three of his movies are like very different in like the stories they're telling. You know, this is the Viking epic. The last one, he actually finally confirmed it in, in in an interview. It is like Prometheus and Proteus. You know, two classical gods meeting in this like crazy lighthouse scenario. Then you know the Puritan witch movie. <laughs> I like how he's just got so much diversity really and like how he in the stories he's telling yeah um was he the one that was gonna do the next Nosferatu remake he, he says it's probably not happening now just um because uh, yeah. Uh, yeah shame because i would i'd actually really want to see that yeah movie. i i was interested in that and you know especially him putting you know on taylor joy and then obviously like i love how like willem dafoe has become like his like adam sandler friend and he's yeah. gonna show up in his movies being weird yeah. You mean being himself. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I I when I saw it there was like maybe 10 people in the theater but I was talking to uh, a friend and they said uh in his theater uh there were a bunch of teenagers and like they uh they all walked down they're like oh this sucks <laughs> i can imagine yeah which no, I, I mean oh yeah this definitely isn't a movie that was gonna hold their attention i watched it once in the theater and it was just completely empty it was like yeah. the opening night promotion there was like four people um and then i watched it again last night and um you know obviously i i watched it again so but <laughs> Uh, as of today, it has made a whopping five million on a seventy to ninety million budget. So, yeah, I don't think we're gonna see the Maiden King, which apparently it was setting up according to Wikipedia. Wait, what? Oh, really? Wins? Like he was? A- he actually wanted to like make that? 
I don't know if he wanted to make that, but like even the Wikipedia like links to it, and it's like this Russian folklore about the kid that was dressed like a king uh-huh. in the vision. Huh. Interesting. So, I don't know. Yeah, I was looking at the craziest thing. I just can't believe the witch on a four million dollar budget made forty million dollars back in twenty fifteen. I oh. mean, 2015 was a long time ago. Yeah. People went to the movies. True. People loved it, them from horror movies. If, if that movie, in a long time. Yeah. If that movie released today, exact same marketing, I guarantee it makes like $5 million max. Uh, if that, yeah, I was going to say it would do like... I was going to say it's probably not going to return the investment. Yeah. Just, uh, I just think it, it, it is harder than ever now to like have an original, original movie actually make money. Yep. Like, I mean, freaking, uh, my favorite movie of the year is, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And that mm-hmm. movie has, like, the biggest tidal wave of hype you could possibly have for for an indie movie. And it's, like, I, I mean, it's made money, but, like, barely. Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. It's not even playing in Croatia. Like, I'm looking forward to watching it, but I'm going to have to wait till it comes out on, uh, yeah, digitally I mean, because I uh, can't even see it in Croatia. Yeah, the Nick Cage one that's coming out. Like, Actually, yeah, they're gonna be playing that. that one. They're gonna be playing that one, but I think that's basically basically because it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really I don't know who's doing like the international distribution, but they obviously think that's gonna be a draw for that movie. Yeah, but like everything, everywhere, all at once, like it's not even playing here. Yeah, I mean, you had you've got critically acclaimed to be the greatest female action star of all time, and like barely making a profit. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. not even playing in some markets so yeah I think like unless it's superhero or Disney or like, you know something big like it's not gonna be making a ton of money uh, especially right now yeah so oh, yeah especially now and I think the, you know that's why everything comes out on digitally like a lot faster mm. like there's no more like three month waiting period for it to hit digitally yeah because so. I think studios know they're aware, like it's not gonna make any money in the movie theaters. Like we gotta get it. Yeah, no, I, I think next year digital we'll be... releases like much quicker. I think after this summer will be the big test because you know they're they're getting people used to going back out, but people are basically not showing up for anything that's not superhero movies anymore. Yeah. So. Um... But again, like I don't know where like mask mandates are. Like we just. We don't have any removed. Anymore. We removed everything, like yeah, unless yeah. you're going to a hospital or like you know yeah. medical I mean, practices and stuff. I, like I live in California, that. and they they don't even have any. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it should yeah definitely like this summer and well, I mean, so our movie theaters, especially here, were like one of the first ones to do the optional thing, and that's been since probably December. Um, so you know, I never wore one. I didn't give a fuck, but. People, every show I've been in that has more than 10 people, people will show up wearing them. And, you know, that's fine. They can do that. Um, those people are basically just going to wear them. Some of them are forever. Some of them will be. Oh, yeah. I already like, we remove masks, masks but I still see people. I'm like, yeah, these guys are never taking off their masks. Yeah. Man. Yeah. No, I, it's going to be a long time for most. And that's fine. But, you know, those people are going to the movies. So it's like, are they only going because it's Spider-Man? Well, no, I've seen other movies and they've all been there. So, I mean, some people are going, yeah. but a lot of people, mask or no mask, have just gotten used to not going and, you know, streaming, Blu-ray, all that, you know. I, I think uh, Disney, 
<clears throat> with the one-two punch of the MCU and Star Wars has done damage to the society and the fact that I think most people now, they just want nostalgia in whatever it is they're watching. Yeah. They just, they just want to be reminded of... It's like what Alan Moore says about comic books, basically. Like, they just want to be reminded of when they were a child and, like, be brought back to that. Which, I'm not saying there's anything, like, inherently wrong with that, per se. But when that's all you want, like, everything else just gets, like, shafted, basically. No, I agree. And, I mean, that's why, you know, especially after uh, Multiverse of Madness, which is still banking on, you know, characters from other universes probably coming in, um, we'll be real interested to see how the MCU does in Phase 4 and 5. I mean, uh, barring I something incredible, people I, are still going to go because it's still going to be it's Marvel. I think they're. So. It is the closest a film franchise will ever get to like too big to fail. I mean, the only two that like, I guess I, okay, Incredible Hulk, but that was right at the beginning. The only two that like, ever came close, you can <clears throat> at least partially blame on COVID. Right. That, I, mean, I think now we're at a point where you can you're going to have people who put like the pre and post end game and the pre and post uh, no way home. And they're going to be like, you know, everything before this was one phase of the MCU and it was good. Everything after it's, you know, that stuff. Yeah, I can, I can see that. People but, are like that. As far as the Viking movie goes, uh, any final thoughts? I mean, we made it to a nice tight half hour, so I'm um, glad we had more than 15 minutes. I would highly recommend, I think, especially today, seeing a movie like this is so rare. I, uh, there, there was no one in my theater, basically. No one was talking, was just able to like, you know, be so into the movie the whole time, which is just so rare these days, in my opinion. I, I love this movie. I think everyone should see it. Um, unless, I don't know, if you're someone who typically only sees like one or two movies a year, probably skip, probably won't like it. But if you're someone who, you know, sees more stuff, I could not recommend this enough. Okay. Yeah, I think we said, uh, you know, I definitely loved it. And we did mention that coming up with an original story, just with the in the world of superheroes and Disney, you know, you want to see more original stories, and this one's definitely one worth watching. Well, I will, uh, I will definitely not recommend it to Justin, which I already told him. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah, definitely not. Justin <laughs> would be so bored and just hate every minute of it until the end, and then oh, yeah. at the end he would just not care. Um, but to, to anybody listening who's into it, I would say, yeah, definitely give it a whirl. Um, for anybody, including you guys, if you haven't and you have played some of the older games, uh, I would highly recommend God of War 4. I would not recommend Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla. Uh, it's it's not what it was advertised as. But God of War 4, which was just called God of War, is basically after ancient Greece, Kratos ends up in Norse mythology uh, and it's anything you could have possibly wanted out of that kind of story. Haven't played, but everyone I know that has played has said it's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yes, Thor is in it, kind of, uh, but this one is focused more on Freya and Balder. And, you know, it's nice to see other people get the center stage 
um, because they definitely saved a lot for the sequel. So, hmm. if and when we get that sequel remains to be seen, but another thing. Eh, probably. Game yeah. successful. So, um, all right, boys, I got to head back to work. I thank you for joining me, and uh, <laughs> we will catch you on the next one. Yes, see we you. will. All right, see you guys. See you. See you. Welcome back to the B-Team Podcast. Uh, this is what happens when we don't publish right away. We completely forgot to mention, I think Milos touched on the uh, getting the magic sword. Uh, another Legend of Zelda reference because that one is pretty much almost exactly like the fight with the uh, hero Shade from Twilight Princess, which is the undead Link from Link to the Past who teaches the new iteration of the hero. Um... The way they do that in the movie is, you know, people will either like it or hate it, um, but it's definitely another instance of the movie going to the supernatural. And uh, the other thing that I, of course, forgot to mention for anybody who is a Hamlet fan, uh, be sure to check out Sons of Anarchy. It is the second greatest television show of all time, very closely follows the story of Hamlet set in the modern day. Uh, if you like when TV was good about outlaw bikers with some good writing and some uh, fun jokes and violence thrown in, it's definitely worth a look. So that's all I got.